One by one, they all left him. It started with Jesus' disciples. If anyone should have shown loyalty and faithfulness to Jesus, it should have been these dear friends, right? They lived for three years. They witnessed his miracles. They heard his powerful teaching. They experienced his love, and they loved him too. If anyone should have stuck with Jesus till the end, it should have been these 12 men. But they didn't. When they should have kept watch in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they should have prayed, they fell asleep. In the hour when Jesus needed them, needed their presence, needed their prayers, they fell asleep. When they should have defended Jesus, when Judas and the soldiers came, came to seize him, they ran for their lives, his disciples, his dear friends, abandoned him. One by one, they left him. Then Jesus went before the chief priests and the elders and the scribes, and he was on trial before them. If anyone should have known who this Jesus was, it should have been these religious leaders because they knew their Bibles. They, they knew the Old Testament, and the Old Testament pointed forward towards the Messiah, the Christ. Some of them longed for God's coming kingdom. Some of them longed for God's coming Messiah, the King. But the King was right there in front of them. And the kingdom was at hand. They should have known. They should have defended him. They should have revered him. They should have put a royal robe around his shoulders, but they didn't. Instead, they questioned him. And when they heard his confession, yes, I am the Christ, they tore their robes in disgust and they called him blasphemer. They condemned him to death, spat on him and struck him. One by one, they rejected him. Peter, good old Peter, One of Jesus' best friends, he had not only been with Jesus for three years like the other disciples, but he had seen some amazing things that the other disciples hadn't seen, right? He saw Jesus transfigured, his glory on display on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw Moses and Elijah speaking with Jesus on that same mountain. And he heard the words of God the Father saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. But then here in the courtyard, perhaps at the very same moment that the religious leaders were rejecting Jesus, Peter himself denied Jesus. Three times he was asked if he knew Jesus, and three times he said no. 
He should have shouted at the top of his lungs, of course I know Jesus. He's the Christ. He is the king who will suffer for sinners. But he didn't. One by one, they disowned Jesus. And then it was the Roman soldiers. They didn't really know him. They probably thought he was a cult leader, a religious radical, one of those annoying religious Jews that keeps kicking up a fuss in Jerusalem. But they probably also knew that Jesus was innocent. He hadn't broken any laws. He hadn't done anything wrong. In fact, he taught the Jews to love their enemies and to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. If anyone should have protected Jesus and defended Jesus from harm and injustice, it should have been these soldiers. But they didn't. They mocked him. They mocked him with purple clothing. They pressed a crown of thorns on his head. They struck him over and over again. They spat on him. They knelt to pay him homage, sarcastically saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they led him to Golgotha. And they pounded nails into his wrists and into his feet. One by one, they all rejected Jesus. But the worst had not come until he hung on that cross. Listen to Mark chapter 15. When it was noon, darkness came over the land until three in the afternoon. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The disciples abandoned him. The religious leaders rejected him. Peter denied him. The soldiers beat him. But it wasn't until this moment that real tragedy struck. Jesus had not known ultimate rejection until this moment. Because at this moment, God abandoned his son. For eternity, the Father and the Son enjoyed perfect community. Like the perfect family, the Father and the Son and the Spirit, they dwelt together in, in harmony and unity and love. The original family. Even on earth, the Father loved Jesus and always had his back. Jesus never experienced anything differently until this moment, on this day the day of the cross. On this day, the father disowned his son. On this day, the, the father turned away his affection from the son. 
On this day, Jesus, the ultimate insider with God, was cast out and made the ultimate outsider. On this day, Jesus became God's enemy. One by one, they all forsook him, including God himself. Why? Why? That's the question Jesus had for his father as he was on the cross, and it's a good question. Why did this happen? Well, let me continue reading Mark chapter 15. Jesus let out a loud cry, and he breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was split in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, this man really was God's son. The curtain of the temple represented the wall between God and his people. Yes, the people of Israel could appease God with sacrifices. Yes, some could venture into parts of the temple. But no one, no one had full, unlimited access to God's presence. No one could truly be an insider with God. Every Jew standing there at the cross, every Roman soldier mocking Jesus, every religious zealot gloating over their supposed victory over Jesus, every single one was on the outside with God. Every single one was an enemy of God. You know, it's not just them. It's us too. We are like the disciples, like Peter, like the religious leaders, like the soldiers. One by one, we all have rejected God. And because we have rejected him, we too find ourselves on the outside. We are God's enemies. We don't have full and unlimited access to God. But all of that changed on this day. This day of crucifixion. On this day, Jesus was forsaken so that we could forever be blessed and loved. On this day, Jesus was disowned and abandoned by his father so that orphans can be brought home. We could be brought into God's everlasting family. On this day, Jesus was made an outsider so that we could be made insiders. Brothers and sisters, God's precious son forsaken so that God's enemies will never be forsaken. This is the great paradox of the gospel, the irony that plays like a strange tune throughout the pages of the New Testament. This is what ought to cause us to weep over our sins. This is what ought to cause us to weep with joy over God's unfathomable grace. Grace for sinners. What drives us home even more is the person, the, the, the first person 
speaks after Jesus dies. Do you notice him? Do you hear his words? A Roman soldier, maybe one of the men who crucified Jesus, this Gentile, this outsider, after witnessing this innocent God-man die in such a way on the cross, he declared out of what must have been genuine faith, this man really was God's son. This is not just a declaration that Jesus was the Messiah or that Jesus was the king, but this is a declaration that this king must suffer and die. You know, we'd expect Peter or one of the disciples or perhaps one of the high priests, you know, finally something clicks and they make this astonishing confession. But instead it was this Roman This stranger to God? This stranger to the things of God? Doesn't this give you hope? Doesn't this give you comfort to know that God cares for the outsider and the orphan and the least likely to make it in? You know, there was a day day perhaps when we were like the Roman soldiers and the religious leaders, we were so confused, so far from God. Perhaps there was a a day when we were like the disciples and like Peter. Not far. Not quite in either. There has come a new day for us, brothers and sisters. The curtain has been torn in two from top to bottom. A new day when we are like the centurion at the cross, men and women of surprising faith, men and women who were outsiders, but now who have been made insiders by the grace of God, men and women who cry out together on this Monday, Thursday evening, this man really is God's son. Amen.